Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Welcome back to Resilient Life Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and today I have an amazing guest with me, Miranda Jo Davis. She is a master trainer in the yoga world with over 20 years of experience, and she owns the Perfect Fit Christian Yoga Teacher Training. She's also the best-selling author of Christian Girl in the Yoga World, and she's been featured on TV and radio and print, and she is an expert in mind and body wellness, and so she's going to talk to us here today about how yoga can help our minds and bodies and spirit and all those things are integrated and how we can do that as Christians. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I'm very grateful to be here and I can't wait to share what the Lord has placed upon my heart on such an important topic, which is Christian meditation, yoga, and how to incorporate that into our everyday life. Yes. I, as I've kind of studied things, I feel like, you know, it tends to be more Eastern religions that kind of tie together mind, body, and spirit. And it seems to me in the Western Christian world, we kind of separate the body from everything else and think it they don't interact at all. <laughs> but I believe they're, and as you do, you know, they're, they're interconnected. So can you tell us a little bit more about how those things are all connected together and how they influence each other? Absolutely. You know, I think that um, because I've lived on both sides of, of the yoga path, I came into yoga as someone who was traditionally trained. The classes I took were secular. Uh, I was also not a believer at the time. And that's that was well over 20 years ago. But once I found yoga, right along with that, I became a Christian at the same time. And I just, I fell in love with Jesus and I fell in love with yoga. And so I really started to pursue both of those paths. But I re- recognized early on that, you know, in the scriptures over and over, God tells us to meditate on his word. And he tells us like in Philippians 4, 8, to to focus on whatever is true and noble and excellent and praiseworthy to think about such things. So obviously our thought processes to God, to Jesus are very important. And so we're in an Eastern philosophy, we're told to empty our mind or to clear the mind or to not have thought. And so that is very contradictory, I think, with the two different, the Eastern side versus a, a more of a Christian perspective. So I believe mind, body, and spirit are, are absolutely something that is biblical. You know, we are to treat our body like a temple. God tells us to honor the body, to glorify the body through him, um, and then to also honor our thoughts with him. And so it's very much a practice that goes with allowing us to think, to feel, to encompass, to integrate all things that are Christ-centered when we're on the mat. Yeah, that's that's great. Because I really feel like that's something that we can tend to overlook easily because it's not emphasized a lot. And I know it, it took me a long time before I kind of made that connection. I really kind of had to get to a desperate place where I was like, something needs to change. So how, how is doing yoga help you overcome things in life or built up your resilience or, or your resistance to things? How does it help you in times of stress or, or trauma? Oh, that's such a great question. And this is so important. I think for listeners, you know, I, I am no stranger to trauma or traumatic events. I grew up in a lot of trauma and chaos. There was a lot of alcoholism in my family um, and that greatly affected me. I, I share in my story that I think I came out of the womb afraid. I think I was a very fearful person. 
And so it, it gave me to a place um, of desperation where I was seeking. And so that's why I was so open to trying yoga after having a lot of health complications. I was looking for ways that I could overcome irritable bowel syndrome. That's what I had. I had IBS. And um, at the prompting of somebody, I was a professional dancer at the time, and someone in my dance class who also practiced yoga said, I think this would be very helpful for you. I had no idea how much my mind played a part into why I was physically sick, but being anxious and being fearful definitely did that. So that I was open and I tried it, but that's also why I was so open to becoming a believer in Christ. I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, and so I was seeking something. I was looking for something more. And, and the church that at the time when the church presented itself as opportunity to go to a marriage series, I was also struggling in my marriage. So I was definitely hurting and I was ready to take hold of something that would be life-giving. And, and I believe that the life-giving part is from Christ. It is from Jesus. But I also believe he used yoga as a tool to help me overcome some of the physical ailments I have. So resiliency has definitely been a part of my story. Um, I believe I'm an overcomer. The scriptures tell us that, that we are an overcomer in Christ. And it's not been something I would say, Elizabeth, that happened really instantaneously or happened in a short amount of time. It's been many, many years of, of being restored and renewed in Christ, but also being able to do that through the tool of yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've heard and read, and, and I believe it to myself, that our, our minds store trauma differently, that it's stored in our bodies and it can manifest itself in physical problems. How do you feel like yoga helps sort of undo that or, or release that? Yeah, I am. I am a certified trauma-informed yoga instructor. And so, you know, that can be used for a, a whole modality of situations. Uh, we, we use it for the military, uh, for people that suffer from PTSD. We use it for, for trauma victims in sex trafficking. We use it in abusive situations or for someone who my trauma looks very different from someone who maybe had years of trauma exposed in their home, but it wasn't maybe one big thing that happened. It was many, many small instances. And so um, our body does speak our mind. And so when we do not know how to deal with the trauma that has happened in our body, it stores in, it can store in specific organs. It can store in, in compartmentalize in specific areas in the brain. And so yoga is, and this is for someone maybe who hasn't tried it or has very much has a theme about learning to be in the moment, learning to breathe, learning to let go. There's certain postures that you do. For example, when you twist, it helps to cleanse the liver. Well, the emotion of anger is stored in the liver. So a lot of these postures that we're doing are working to unlock and to open up places where people have stored different types of trauma. So it's very releasing. It's very relieving. It can also be very therapeutic. It can also be very, um, we want to be very careful with how we go through that because it can be overwhelming for people who did not expect that yoga could be so therapeutic and cathartic. So if a, if a person say struggling with some sort of physical pain or something, how would they, what would be some cues where they might think that's a result of some sort of trauma versus, you know, it's just I need to eat a certain vitamin or, you know, something else that they're missing. That's a good point um, because I do believe in a holistic approach to health. I, I want to say that yoga is the only tool that I've used or that for my students uh, or clients who have come to me over the year. Um, I think it's one of many things that we can use. So I, I do want to say, I think those supplements are important. And I think that other kinds of natural therapies, like let's say um, you did uh, acupuncture, 
or massage therapy, different things like that all help to release uh, different types of things in our body. But, you know, let's say that you have a low back issue. And so someone comes to, to yoga, the way that trauma could be like, the emotional and the physiological working together is that maybe they've ignored the trauma that's happened. And so it started in the brain, you compartmentalized, you put it away, but then it begins to feel like a physical ailment in the neck. Or then maybe you have an upper back, uh, your shoulders are tight, and then you just continue to ignore it. And so it just suppresses down and down and down into the body. And now you have this chronic lower back pain that could be from something that happened to you that you never addressed. And so now, because you never took it to the, the, the mental or the spiritual side, now you're having the physiological response. Mm, yeah. So maybe if somebody's dealing with something, if there's not a physical reason, like you know, I fell off a ladder and hurt my back or something, you know, then maybe looking into that might be an option. I know for me personally, like I mentioned, I was struggling with depression and I couldn't figure out, you know, how to help myself at all. And so I just thought I'm going to just try everything at once, you know, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. And just like you said, it was gradual, it was incremental. But one of the things I did was I went to a Christian counselor. And as we discussed the, it was the death of my son is what kind of prompted the depression. And as we discussed that, she had me, she drew my awareness to what was going on in my body. And I realized it was my throat would tight. And so I was like storing those emotions kind of in my throat, but I didn't realize that until she pointed it out. I was so focused on the feeling of depression and sadness. I didn't really think about the physical of what it was doing to my body, nor did I realize that was connected, but I really, you know, now that I've learned so much about that and I see how that's the way that God created us, he created us to be integrated. And like you said, it, it mentions that in scripture. I really like what you said in your bio about infusing your training with scripture. So can you delve into that a little more and tell us, you know, what yoga looks like for you when you infuse it with scripture? I've done some yoga videos, but they weren't Christian. And so I'm, I'm really curious to hear how that works. Yes. Well, you know, just to say, going back to how I was trained, was traditionally trained, and um, I taught, I was trained in more of a fitness style of yoga, so for, for a long time, it was just the movement, and I think for, as Christians, if you're wondering, and, and I do, I do educate Christians and train Christians on what types of yoga to look for that are safe for our faith, because the truth is, there are types of yoga that are not safe for our faith. I encountered that for many, many years, being a master trainer in the traditional yoga world. The, the more education I got and the more hours I got for being an accredited instructor, the more false teaching that I was expo exposed to. And so things that were being spoken to over me, maybe reading from sacred, sacred Buddhist texts or Hindu texts while I'm in meditation, I would hear these things that sounded very good, but I knew that they were contradictory to God's word. So I started to have this in, internal struggle, this battle, and I was very prayerful about it. And it was when I went to India, that's where God completely revealed there was no separation between religion and yoga practices in, in the Eastern, uh, the Eastern side, Buddhism and Hinduism. And so very lost in that time, confused, praying and asking God, I know that yoga is healing for our bodies. How can I continue to do this? And he said, you will apply scripture. And the scriptures tell us that it is perfect for rebuking, for teaching, for training up, for building. And so just slowly, very slowly, I started to pick one scripture 
that God, I would pray and ask God to give me a scripture and I would use that at the beginning of class or I would use it at the end of class. Now today I have a whole training system. So where we use Christian meditation, we use prayer, we use scripture. Those are the three basic modalities, but it is a powerful way to practice. And it doesn't just change your physiological body, Elizabeth, it changes people's hearts. And that's where we, what we want to do with Christ. Yeah. I totally agree with you. That holistic approach is what is key. I think sometimes we focus on this area or that area and it's really all of it together. I'm a big advocate of that because that's where I found my, my healing and my freedom for so long. I thought I'll just pray it away. And God didn't, he can, he can heal people in an instant. He did not choose to, in my case. And part of the reason that I I wonder if maybe this is why is because he wanted me to learn and to grow and to put in that effort alongside him. He could have just snapped his fingers and made everything better, but then I wouldn't have learned all of the things that I've learned and all of the things that I'm sharing now. You know, I think sometimes he does want us to walk alongside him through those things and heal those things and, and use these different, like you said, tools to, to connect. Absolutely. I agree. That's been my case as well. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned it a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about the difference between what people think of as meditation and what biblical meditation looks like? What, what do you do when you think of biblical meditation? Yeah. So in biblical meditation, we definitely utilize the breath and it tells us in, in Job, in the book of Job, that the, he says the breath of the almighty is in my lungs, that's in my nostrils. And so I always start off Christian meditation breathing because and this can be trauma-related yoga or not, we want people to cease getting out of the fight or flight response, which happens with the sympathetic parasympathetic nervous system. We want people to be present. And so we always start with the breath. But once I get people into taking those long, slow inhales and exhales, then I'll introduce a scripture. So let's say we use Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I would simply have my students inhale, be still, exhale, and know that I am God. So it's using the scripture in a repetitive way with the breath so that the thought that we're introducing actually becomes something we believe. It's that 12-inch change that happens from the mind space to the heart. And so it's, it's meditation on scripture is a repetitive thing. I encourage people to learn the scriptures that way, and I encourage them to continue to use those scriptures throughout the day. So I'm always teaching my students, this is something that's easily accessible. This is something that you can grab hold of anytime. Let's say you leave yoga class and you have something happen. You know, life happens outside of yoga class. You could just come back to that scripture, come back to the breath, come back to the scripture. You can also affirm, I am still with God. So you can create affirmations from that. It's just very powerful. It's filling our mind up with truth instead of filling our mind up with something that's empty or does not really connect to what the truth and the hope of Christ is. Yeah, I think that's key. There's so many sayings or affirmations out there that sound empowering or sound good at first, but but you realize it's really kind of empty. Like you said, it's really knowing who I am in Christ. That's what's empowering. That's where the power comes because it's his power, not mine. And all these kind of hoorah, you can do it, find the power within yourself and whatever. I'm just kind of like, ah, but they're, they're missing it. <laughs> they're missing the main, the main point of our, our power is in him. Our identity is in him. And, and then you say, you know, with Christ in me, he can do anything, right? Nothing's impossible. So 
That is so true, Elizabeth. So just like here, just for listeners to give them an example, if I went to a yoga class, maybe that was secular, they might present something at the end of class that says, I am powerful. And you would repeat that over and over again. I am powerful. Okay, well, yes, we are powerful up to a certain point. And then we are not, we are without Christ in our faith. We believe you're, you're nothing. So if I was to transform that to a Christian yoga class, I have power through Christ. So it's a very subtle change and difference, but you can hear the truth is that yes, you're, we're really exonerating that that power only comes from God. Do you use different names for yoga poses in, in your practice, in your ministry, or do you use the traditional names? That's a good question. Yes, I get that a lot. So I do, uh, as mentioned in the bio, have a, a yoga teacher training, a Christian yoga teacher training. It's called Perfect Fit. And so I just trained my first round of, of uh, trainees and they graduated and we talked a lot about this. So what's so important is that we want, because whoever's coming to our class, we could certainly have secular students, people who don't know Christ. And we could certainly have people that are obviously seeking out Christ and that's why they want to come. So we want both participants to feel safe. I do not use the, the language that we use in yoga is called Sanskrit, and I don't use Sanskrit anymore. I use the English name, and that is so that the Christian participants can feel safe. They're not wondering what I'm saying, because there is a lot of Sanskrit that is actually exalting false gods. So if you were to translate the word, it could be something like that you are Shiva could be one of the gods that you're, you're praising. And so we, we don't want that in this type of Christian uh, practice. So I just use English, and if there's been any kind of yoga poses like, you know, goddess pose or anything like that, then I'll just say, you know, we're just holding a pose that is strengthening our arms and our legs, and I don't particularly give it a name. Mm, Okay. Yeah, because so I've just done very basic, very little, but, you know, the the first one you learn is the sun salutation. I don't know a lot about it, but my understanding was that came from worshiping the sun every morning and bowing down to the sun, and I'm like, okay, I'm not into that. I worship the one who made the sun, but I can see how doing those movements would be strengthening and, and adding flexibility and movement to your body. So, um, you know, that those are the kind of things I've, I've struggled with of like, well, I'm not bowing down to the sun, but, you know, I still want to participate in this movement. Absolutely. So you could just call those sun warming this is, this is, or I'm sorry, a warming flow that gives our body energy. We feel warm when we do it. It's traditionally called the sun salutation. For this practice, we will we'll call it a warming flow. That works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've done a lot of this, like translated in my mind as I've, I've done videos or listened to workout coaches and they say things where I'm kind of like, eh, that's not really, I like it when they just stick to the fitness but sometimes they, they go off on other things, but I, I will translate it in my mind of, you know, a different, a different way of, you know, they'll, they'll talk about gathering energy from the earth or something. And I'm like, my, again, my energy, my power comes from Christ and and things like that. So I'm also very like, I like science-based stuff. So I don't like it if they just say, oh, if you stand upside down, this helps your stomach digest or whatever, you know, I want to know, is that really scientifically accurate or is that just something that somebody said for thousands of years and so we we think that's true what 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 do you have to share with us about the like scientific backing of how yoga is physically good for us I love that because um I my degrees in exercise physiology and so um, the exercise science portion was really important for me when I sought out my trainings and so the way that I am trained is through an exercise science based 
foundation. So I think that's very important for, you know, a lot of people would say if you're not talking the exercise science component, then it's kind of woo-woo, weird, a little out there for people. And so I think it's important to incorporate definitely the science behind why yoga is good and to also give some of the, the things that maybe some people are uncomfortable. You know, sometimes we feel uncomfortable hearing things like, well, this is expanding the heart. So they, you know, and so with that, we can expand our love. So we we want to be, okay, now um, (laughs) I don't want to hear that, but there, maybe there's a reason why it's hard for them to talk about emotions. So I always try to give a very balanced class that's going to reach to each type of learner um, so that each person feels successful. I try not to be too heavy on one or the other. Yeah. So I grew up as a dancer also, and it was, I was taking a class as an adult much later and my ballet teacher there always taught us like the physics behind it of why you put your arms this way or, you know, why you spin your head around a certain way. And that was so fascinating to me to go, okay, this makes sense now. You know, we're not just flailing our arms about for no reason. There's, there's actual mechanics that are involved. I know I've struggled with that too, with yoga. There was one teacher I was listening to on, you know, on a video, but she was like, you know, inhale and send the breath to your toes. And I'm like, I can't breathe with my toes. I'm like, maybe I'm just too literal for yoga, but I'm like, I can feel my lungs. But then after that, my heart's got to take over getting it to my toe. Like I don't, she says, send your breath to your toes. And I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) You know, so for that situation, I just tell people, take what you like and leave the rest. I mean, focus on what you enjoyed. Yeah. Focus on what you enjoyed and, and the benefits that you got from it. And we have to do that a lot in yoga, unfortunately, because we have to discern as Christians, we have to discern what is truth, what is not truth. And so you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I just wanted to touch upon it. It's so important for Christians before you go into the classes is to put on the full armor of God, to go ahead and pray and, and, and to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus so that you can be wise and discerning. Because you might know right off the bat, this is a class I would never come back to. You may even have to leave the class just for those, those types of reasons. But um, you're, you would stay, just stay where you are with those exercises science-based classes. And I think that that'll be successful for you. Yeah. I I think that's a really important point because I think sometimes as Christians, we want to live in a little Christian bubble that's safe and protected where we don't have to make those hard discerning decisions about does this line up with scripture or not? But I think that's such a great skill. And even with, you know, with our children, we teach them, them that of if you're reading a book or you're watching a movie or you're with your friends and they're saying something and you kind of go, eh, that's not right then you put it down, you turn it off, you say, I'm not going to go there, you walk away. And even as, as a young person, that's such a valuable skill to have, because at any point in our life, we're going to come across things where we're like, "Eh, that kind of sounds good, but that's really not what God's word says. And we need to kind of sharpen that skill of being discerning about these things. Absolutely. It's definitely an opportunity for discernment. Um, When I published my book, uh, I did not expect to have so many people email me saying, oh my goodness, I have been through what you've been through. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should leave the class. I didn't, I was, I didn't want to offend the instructor. I, you know, all these things, just apparent to the battle that can happen once we're in a place where we're very vulnerable to untruth because yoga is very suggestive. It is, I call it a moving meditation. So the things that we speak over people, we want to speak life. We want to speak truth. We want to speak hope. But when you are not in a class that's doing that and it's being spoken over you, you know, it, it is time. Sometimes you, you may have to get up in the, you know, and not doing that. And in, because of anyone else in the room, you're doing that because you want to honor the Lord first. That's, that's who comes first and foremost, not honoring a person or maybe offending them. So it can be a really 
hard place for Christians to be in. I've, I've heard the pain a lot of people have gone through. And so hopefully that's why I wrote the book. Now I'm seeing God's purpose behind it to glorify him, but to also show people we have choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's such a good point. And I think sometimes there's that social peer pressure of, well, I don't want to be the oddball or I don't want to feel weird. Or like you said, we're honoring Christ. And I always just, when I feel compelled to do something, but I'm like embarrassed to do it. I just think, well, Jesus was embarrassed. He was humiliated for my sake. How, how can I not do just this one little thing, you know? Uh, And that usually gives me the courage to step out and do the oddball thing. (laughs) I love that. Yes, absolutely. So if a person, a Christian is looking for kind of classes like you're describing, how, how do they go about finding one in their area? If uh, you're based in Fort Worth, but if they don't happen to be in Fort Worth, how do they find someone like you? So a great resource to use is the CYA. It's the Christian Yoga Association. And you can go to their website and there's a directory of Christian certified instructors that have been certified at the basic level, which is a 200 hour RYT, registered yoga teacher, up to the 500 hour RYT level. So you could go through that directory. It's national. Um, that's one great way to start. There are groups on Facebook. Mine is one of them called uh, I'm the Christian Yoga Community on Facebook. You can come into my group. There's tons of instructors there from all over the United States, even around the world. And so it, people may feel it's interesting. People say, I didn't even know there was Christian yoga. It's actually quite a big movement, more so than people understand. But it's great because now people have more options, more variety, especially with so much happening virtual since COVID. You could do classes online, which I teach online. You could, you could, I'd love to have you, by the way. Or, you know, you can find an instructor that would be a great match for you. Yeah, that's great. So how, if we wanted to take classes from you online, where do, where do people go to connect with you for that? Yeah, MirandaJoDavis.com is where you can find the schedule my classes. I do a lot of specialty classes around scripture. We're coming into the spring season. I'm launching a spring series that is based all around the seasons, which God created. Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time for every activity and every every season under the heaven. So um, just special things like that, I think that maybe kind of set me apart, maybe from just an everyday instructor or a newer instructor. Um, I, I love to really um, bring the richness of the word into my classes. And I, would, I always offer the first one free. So I'd love to have you. So how does that work? Is it like a subscription basis or do people pay by the month or by the class or... Yeah, I always do mine by a series. So it might be as short as a three-week series. It could be as long as a 16-week series. And so that way, I love people to be accountable. If you pay for that series up front, you're more than likely to go. And so I would love to have you join me for a series. Or if you'd like to do a drop-in, I'd love to have you that way too. You could just Mm -hmm. take a single class. Test it out. Yeah. Test the waters. Okay. So that's like people who want to practice yoga. What about the yoga instructor who's in your shoes and is going, man, I really want to learn from Miranda Joe and, and figure out how to do this in a Christian perspective. What do you offer for them? Yes. So we have a seven week intensive perfect fit Christian yoga teacher training, and I will train you all the aspects on how to incorporate scripture, prayer, Christian meditation. I also teach you a lot about, you know, what does the Bible say about different subjects and situations that we can bring into our classes? I teach you how to create topics, how to design, how to outline in it. I call it an intensive because there's a lot of of time that goes through each week and you get one-on-one counsel with me. We get group counsel with each other uh, mentoring so that we can learn from one another. And there's a lot of movement involved as well as outside study, but it is 
at the end of that program, you will be a certified Christian yoga instructor. And we're specifically looking for instructors that are traditionally trained. So like you said, Elizabeth, if you've been traditionally trained and you don't want to start over and have to go all the way through a Christian yoga teacher training, I will be able to give you that addition. It's a continuing education program, and it's a lot shorter and less expensive than, than going the full, let's say, 12 to 16 weeks. Yeah, that's good to know. So if somebody's a, a brand new beginner instructor, maybe your class is not the place to start, but if they've already been trained and they want to add the Christian component, that's where they would contact you. I'm your girl. I'd love to have you. Yes. Okay, great. And can you tell us a little bit more about your book? Who's that for? Is that for people who are trying out yoga or for the instructors who are wanting to incorporate it or both? It is for both. You know, I didn't ever real recognize the impact it was going to have on instructors, but those are the ones that reach out to me the most. But anyone that has ever wanted to try yoga and is not sure what the yoga world's about, this is going to give you clear wisdom and discernment and step you through how to do that. It's going to explain to you different scenarios to avoid and ones that you want to look out for that would be uplifting and complementary to your faith. Okay, great. That sounds exciting. I'm going to check that out myself because that answer you've already in just this this short show have answered a lot of the questions that I've personally had about yoga because I have done it some and I do feel like it's it's beneficial. I do feel physically better afterwards and I you know it does improve strength and flexibility at the same time without a lot of jumping around and high impact stuff which as I get older <laughs> is more impossible to do. I need to do something where I'm not jumping. Because I did too much running and now my knees don't work. So <laughs> you're you're a perfect candidate, Elizabeth. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, so um, is there anything else you'd you'd like to tell us about how people can connect with you? Maybe share with us about your website again or um, any other things that you want to share that you offer. Yeah, I would love to see you on Instagram. It's Miranda Joe Davis. Uh, the same thing with my Facebook page, or if you'd like to join my private group, just go ahead and come on over to the Christian yoga community. And that is where I really, I share a lot of information. It's very informative about Christian yoga. Um, I offer a lot of events that are free training. And so I have a mix of Christian yogis and instructors in there. Um, and then MirandaJoDavis.com is where you can find how to take classes. You can find out more information about my book. And I'd love to connect with you and get to know you more. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. That group sounds like a great place for people to ask questions and to and to learn more and to figure out where they fit in. Absolutely. It's it's a wonderful community. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really enlightening to me, and I know it's probably enlightened and encouraged many of our readers. And so I will put all the, the links that you've mentioned into the show notes. So if you're listening to this in the car or on the go, you can come home and click on those notes and just go find Miranda Joe online and she can help you out with your yoga. I'd love to have you. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's been a joy talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 resilient life hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want.